what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are going into week seven of the NFL season. So you have the NFC West lit per usual with the Seahawks coming off their bye week. They're still undefeated. I believe there are three undefeated teams, uh, Seahawks, Steelers, and Titans. And we're going to find out if uh, they're going to remain undefeated because the Seahawks are 5-0, chilling off their bye. Um, talk more in detail about the game at hand. Uh, but, yeah, they're well rested to play the Cardinals. Cardinals, 4-2, second place, coming off a very convincing win against the Cowboys. Um, now they have back-to-back games, being with the Jets, the Cowboys, in which the Cardinals have won by over 20 points the last couple weeks. And so you're seeing Kyler Murray and this offense really catching stride. You have the Rams also tied for second place. You could also make a case that they're third place, but they have the same record, 4-2, and two, uh, but a little bit more somber. They were going into last week, Four and one playing the Niners, uh, a Niners team that hasn't been playing their best football lately, largely due to injury. But I give a lot of a lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan in this offense because yeah, they looked really good. They were able to get the Rams in some really um, I don't know some interesting situations in which Jared Goff and this offense wasn't what we've seen this season. Uh, but yeah. The Rams are 4-2 and two right now, and we'll talk about them in a minute too, but they have Monday Night Football this week. Lastly, Niners at the quote-unquote lowly fourth spot, 3-3. Three and three. The funny thing is if you were to put that record against the NFC East, they'd be first place, but uh, Niners are 3-3 three and three right now. Mentioned before, they're coming off a very convincing win at home against the Rams in which it was pretty much a must-win game for them. Uh, they haven't been playing their best football as of late, and they needed that boost of confidence for this franchise and for the Niner faithful. So let's go ahead and look into the matchups at hand in the NFL for the NFC West. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. So the first game we have in the NFC West is a 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time game. Uh, it is going to be at New England. So the Niners are traveling East Coast to New England, which should be a really interesting game uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, one being the storyline between Kyle Shanahan, his father Mike Shanahan, and his ties with Bill Belichick. Another being, well, Jimmy Garoppolo was traded from the Patriots to the Niners three years ago, in which, honestly, that was supposed to be Tom Brady's apparent error. Tom Brady went on to play a lot of really good football. Uh, three years back and that whole plan for Jimmy Garoppolo being the quarterback the face of the franchise post Tom Brady never really happened Uh, Belichick traded him to the Niners and the rest is history so just to have Jimmy Garoppolo come back uh, very interesting to say the least a lot of um, you know for both fan bases both the Niners and the Patriots just a lot of really strong ties between not only the coaching staff, between the Shanahan's and Belichick, but also Jimmy Garoppolo and what he means or meant to both franchises. So looking at this matchup, the Niners are three and three. They're going against the Patriots who are two and three and they dropped 
two straight games, very uncharacteristic of the Patriots. But at the same time, is this really the same Patriots team? Cam Newton did not have his best game. He probably had, well, he probably had his worst game of the season. But lost to the Broncos last week. They've lost two in a row. And you're looking at a Belichick team that does not lose three games in a row let alone at home. And if there's anyone that knows anything about Jimmy Garoppolo, it's, well, it's probably Bill Belichick. So looking at this matchup, the Patriots are favored by two and a half. I think it opened at one. It's gone up to two and a half, over under 44 and a half. So it's a low scoring affair. At least that's what Vegas views. And I'm just really intrigued to see from an X's and O's perspective, what are the Patriots going to do against the Niners? Because... Like I mentioned before, they don't lose three in a row, but they played a really bad game, a stinker in which they should have beat the Broncos last week. So how are they going to respond? How are the Patriots, who are, at least this year, they're not a great team defensively defending the run. How are they going to stop the Niners and what they do with their outside zone scheme? How are they going to how are they going to attack George Kittle? Uh, you can take a page out of what the Patriots did a couple weeks ago against the Raiders with Darren Waller, the tight end. Uh, how are the Patriots um, going to take away that play action? How are the Patriots going to make them one-dimensional? Now, unfortunately, I, I kid you not, just all these fucking injuries, but the Niners' best chance to really control the game and do what they do best. Uh, well, Raheem Mostert, their best running back, is out this game. He's actually going to be out for several games, being put on IR with a high ankle sprain. And so... It's going to be interesting with Jerk McKinnon, Jermichael Hasty. This run game is it going to is it going to fly? Is it going to be okay? I don't know. I think that Jet McKinnon, up to this point, he's been good, but he hasn't been as advertised when they first signed him a couple couple years back. You're also intrigued to see how this undrafted rookie in Jermichael Hasty does in his second game. Uh, with a more heavier load because last game against the Rams he came in fourth quarter had some really important carries had nine carries for 34 yards so this time around you know will Shanahan and this offense entrust him uh, with providing a little bit more of that juice that maybe Matt Breida or Mostert just the kick that you see out of these Niners running backs just because as of late uh, I'm not seeing that from Jet McKinnon conversely so when the Patriots are on offense and you have Cam Newton, I mean, for this Niners team, thankfully to their benefit, this Patriots passing game has not been good the last couple of weeks. I believe that the last couple of weeks, they haven't even gone over 200 yards passing, which is pretty bad. Uh, a lot of it might have to do with Cam Newton and his COVID-19 issues um, earlier in the season. He had to take a step back. Uh, it could be able to factor in that outside of Julian Edelman, no one has really stepped up for the Patriots. And so playmakers are hard to come by. But at the same time, too, I'm looking at both sides of this when the when the Patriots have the football. The Niners, their secondary is battered up even more so. So like they're starting safeties. Sikorsky, Tarts, Jimmy Ward, they're out this week. They're out this week, and so you're going to have backups in Marcel Harris at strong safety, Tavares Moore at free safety. I'd be a lot more worried if, let's just say, the Niners were playing the Seahawks, which they're going to do next week. But against this Patriots defense, they don't have world beaters on this offense. They don't have receivers that can really put it over the top or 
anything that really scares you when you look at how they would attack the secondary. But at the same time, too, what are the Patriots going to do to respond knowing that this secondary is extremely compromised, they're coming off of backups, and no Richard Sherman is most likely going to be Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley again. But what are we going to see out of this offense? I mean, is this going to be a rebound game for Cam Newton? And I'm sure you guys already know, when it comes to Niners defending mobile quarterbacks, especially when they run, they don't do a good job. <laughs> they yeah, just look at Kyler Murray, look at Daniel Jones, shoot, even look at like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But uh, when they get on the run, the Niners have a very hard time defending mobile quarterbacks. And Cam Newton, while he isn't as fast or as elusive as Kyler Murray, he is a hard motherfucking quarterback to bring down. Arm tackles will not work against Cam Newton. He's like, what, 6'5", a specimen of a quarterback. And he hasn't been playing his best game passing-wise, but I'm pretty sure that the Patriots are going to put that into the game plan, having him as an active runner and mobile threat in the run game. X-Factor. Pretty obvious, actually. Belichick knows Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a homecoming of some sorts for the former Patriot quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't necessarily been healthy this entire season as he's dealing with an ankle injury. Looked really promising against the Rams, sharper. Uh, But mind you that Shanahan in this offense hasn't really challenged Garoppolo to make some real throws, I guess. Well, he has, but uh, a lot of his throws have been from behind the line of scrimmage. So... The biggest thing that I'm intrigued, especially where you have Jimmy Garoppolo with another week to recover, another week to get his ankle right, another week to get his offense right, but what sort of Jimmy Garoppolo are we going to see? Now, if the Patriots take away George Kittle, that's going to make things very interesting because, you know, uh, the Patriots have a very, very good quarterback in Stephen Gilmore. He's likely going to match up against Debo Samuel. Um, you know, they do a lot of good, aggressive press man coverage. And so you're going to put a lot of pressure on the receivers. And I know that Kyle Shanahan is certainly going to try to scheme it up like he usually does by getting his receivers involved in the run game and a, a lot of screens, a lot of different sort of varieties in the package um, to, to really tailor to Jimmy Garoppolo and this offense to make yards after the catch. But at the end of the day, is this going to be going down to a Jimmy Garoppolo game. I mean, are we going to see Jimmy Garoppolo uh, being forced to make some big boy plays this game because he hasn't been particularly healthy all season? But if they take out, and this is what the Patriots do so well, but if they take out what the Niners do best, which is George Kittle, uh, if they're able to uh, attack and, uh, you know, address the film work that they saw in the run game with this outside zone scheme, I mean, yeah. Uh, will Jimmy Garoppolo be tasked and up for the challenge to uh, really step up as a quarterback this week? Uh, right now, I'm optimistic in that sense, but I really haven't seen it all this offseason. Last week against the Rams was promising, but, you know, um, he's still a work in progress this, this season. On the other side of the football, I know that the Patriots have been a little offensively challenged. I'm not going to lie. They've been struggling to uh, get playmakers, to create separation, to put up some points as of late. But I just feel that, you know, they're 
they can't lose three in a row. They can't lose at home. They have kind of similar to the Niners last week, but this is pretty much a must-win game for them. They can't fall to two and four. If they fall to two and four, like from what I remember, teams that fall to two and four have like a 10% chance of making playoffs. So must-win for both teams, I guess. Uh, the Niners, they're in last place right now in the division at three and three. They need to win as well. So I think when it's all said and done, I'll go ahead and give the Niners barely edging out the Patriots 27 to 23. I think that the Niners have better playmakers on offense. Uh, while I am more scared, not necessarily for the players that the, the Patriots have right now, but I'm more scared for the X's and O's and what Bill Ishek and his coaching staff is going to do uh, because the, they, they've seen the film. They saw the game plan that Shanahan did against the Rams. And so they're going to react accordingly. And so I'm really intrigued to see how they take away a lot of what the Niners do. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that the Niners have the playmakers. They still have those Yak brothers, regardless of what the scouting report is. I think that you're still going to see the cream rise to the crop. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that this really does ride on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you will get to a point where Jimmy Garoppolo, in a very tightly contested game, is, is going to have to win win it for them, or at least break it away for, for them. Um, or maybe that's Cam Newton in, in the waiting moments, because I know that this defense, while it has been, it's been up and down, uh, but especially against mobile quarterbacks, I don't know. So... Give me the Niners 27-23 to 23 in, in a nail-biter. Um, it could be 27-23 Patriots for that matter, but I'll go ahead and give it to the Niners. All right, so after that Sunday night football, we've been really blessed. We've been really blessed to have a lot of primetime games in the NFC West, and this one is definitely a primetime game. It actually got flexed into a primetime game where you have the Seahawks undefeated at 5-0, Going at Arizona, who are four and two, and mentioning before they're coming off two pretty impressive wins: one against the Jets, one against the Cowboys. Keep in mind too that they have been, you know, um, a little inconsistent this season. Beat the Niners Week One, but they would also lose to the Lions and the Panthers. But their last couple games—that's kind of the offense that I was hoping to see this year. So. Uh, but at the same time, too, this is a divisional game, and divisional games are really fun, uh, especially for, for the matchup for these quarterbacks. Kyler Murray on one end, Russell Wilson on the other, two mobile quarterbacks, super elusive. Um, just the prototype of what Kyler Murray is falls on the hands of what Russell Wilson and um, you, you can go to Drew Brees in terms of like that sort of mold and succeeding in, in the NFL. A lot of kudos goes to Russell Wilson and what he's done the last couple of years to really uh, open up the window for Kyler Murray. So when the Seahawks have the football, they're coming up their bye. They're well-rested. There were rumors that they were looking to sign Antonio Brown, but ABB damned, it's still a really good fucking offense. Um, Chris Carson, strong. They, they have the receiving game on point with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I mean, this is an offense that is churning along. And shout out to the offensive line, Ethan Posick, um, some of their interior guys. They've been playing at a very high level. Um, maybe some credit to Russell Wilson just making plays out of nothing. But uh, this offensive line has been good. 
This passing game's been great, and there should be some opportunities, especially when you consider that, well, the Cardinals, they don't have their, their best pass rusher. Chandler Jones is out for this year. Earlier this week, they traded a six-round pick for former Cardinals uh, edge guy, Marcus Golden from the Giants, and so he comes into the fray, but, you know, if you can't rush the quarterback, if you can't get to Russell Wilson, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have some troubles, <laughs> so just uh i'm really uh, i'm really concerned to see how this cardinals defense is gonna do uh especially since they don't have their best pass rusher anymore uh saw a couple good things last week from hassan riddick um but once again doesn't really scare me about this pass rush right now conversely when the cardinals have the football and they're trying to move the chains i mean if you want to do the whole comparison this seahawks defense is not that good either uh, you can make a case that the Seahawks defense is worse than the Cardinals defense. Uh, when you consider that this week, I thought he was going to come off the bye week, but Jamal Adams is out. Ryan Neal will still be the replacement for him at strong safety. And while he hasn't been terrible, actually, he's been pretty decent as a starter, uh, but he's still no Jamal Adams. And so you have that and pass rush still pretty shitty. I Daryl Taylor, their second round pick. <laughs> Probably going to be a non-factor this year. He had a lapse on his knee, um, and they didn't really, well, at least they haven't yet. They haven't really made a move at the trade deadline, so that's going to be a problem, especially against Kyler Murray. I think that this offense for Kyler Murray under center, I, I'm going to be intrigued to see if he's going to make uh, more play calls to take some shots down the field. Last week against the Cowboys, he had a nice 80-yarder to Christian Kirk. It was beautiful. Beautiful beautiful but uh for the most part like kyler murray and this offense it's been a lot of dink and dunk a lot of horizontal stuff which is okay don't get me wrong but it's not the i don't know the hot air raid offense that we saw uh at least that was kind of promised um haven't seen that yet uh but at the same time too this offense it's been scoring like what 30 something points the last couple weeks and i I see this as a really good opportunity for a shootout. Really good for both teams to make your fantasy football team very happy. I think matchup-wise, I mean, shootout sort of vibe. So let's go ahead and go towards the wide receiver versus defensive back matchup. DK Metcalf is probably going to be matched up against Patrick Peterson, which is a lit, lit matchup that I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen, especially when you have DK Metcalf in red zone situations. Um, Buda Baker, how's he going to do? He's going to go up against Tyler Lockett or what have you. He's going to be, what's his role? Um, how's he going to do in the run game against Chris Carson? Uh, he's coming off a stellar game in which he had his first interception against the Cowboys, uh, playing at a very high level right now. And then when I look at, well, pretty obvious. I mean, DK Metcalf is to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's kind of what... DK Metcalf is hoping to be one day because uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's a beast. Top five in, in receiving yardage. Um, last week, kind of quiet per se. He only had, quote unquote, two catches for, what, 75 yards, one being like a 50 yard pass. But um, yeah, I think that, I mean, Shaquille Griffin, that's pretty much going to be the matchup. Shaquille Griffin against DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and, you know, these Cardinals receivers, while they've been kind of quiet um, lately, uh, shout out to Christian Kirk. Really, really stepped it up last week. So you're going to have Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz. I mean, yeah, man, I'm 
this this secondary by Seattle, not bad. Not bad. Obviously, having no Jamal Adams hurts them, but Trey Flowers, Quentin Dunbar, they're all in the mix. Uh, should be interesting to see how the secondary defensive backs match up against the secondary receivers. Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz versus Trey Flowers, Quentin Dunbar. That should be fun, 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 fun. Uh, all in all, I mean, this game, I don't have too much to say in particular about this game because both defenses are lacking or, well, they're opportunistic sort of defenses where they'll they'll give up a lot, but they'll they'll have their moments for turnovers. And for Seattle, like honestly, uh, even though their defensive backs like overall look good on paper, the numbers don't show it. A lot of big plays, a lot of passing yardages have been allowed all season by the Seahawks and this defense, uh, and a lot of it has to do with you know no pass rush or being up in games big. And allowing such passes to happen and, you know, get that sort of garbage time uh, situation. But uh, go ahead and let me predicate this win. As much as I'd like you to make it interesting for the Cardinals to take it, uh, I'm not going to bet against Russell Wilson for now. Uh, For all those that forgot, I mean, before their bye week, fourth and goal, Against the Vikings, Russell Wilson did it. Found DK Metcalf for the win. And is it going to end in similar fashion this week? Sunday Night Football, Divisional? Maybe. Um, I mean, the score might indicate with my prediction. I think that the Seahawks do come up top at Arizona on the road. Russell Wilson continuing to cook. 35-31. to 31, In which I think he accounts for at least three probably four touchdowns so 35 31 really fun game uh if you think about the nfc west this is as good as it gets it's as good as it gets against two really mobile elusive quarterbacks that are setting precedent on the mobile new age quarterback the new age quarterback for 2020 all right so last but not least let's go ahead and talk monday night football and this is interesting because when you look on paper you're like oh shit the bears are five and one Crazy, right? The Bears roll into town Monday Night Football against the LA Rams. The Rams just came off a very eh sort of performance against the Niners, a divisional matchup, which they should have won. But I don't know. Um, Shanahan won that one against McVay last week. But, you know, the Rams are favored. Favored by a good portion. Rams favored by six over under 45. I mean, this Bears team, they're 5-1, and one, but they're like a really surprising 5-1. and one. This defense has been stellar this year. You know, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, like, uh, they have a really good front seven. And arguably, you can make a case that they're, shoot, their starting cornerbacks are pretty good this year. Kyle Fuller has been balling this year. And the rookie, a lot of credit to him, Jalen Johnson out of Utah, second-round pick, uh, not perfect, obviously. I mean, he's a rookie, but he's been playing at a very high level for them. Uh, collectively, on paper, you can make a case that this defense has been saving the Bears, uh, in which you know Nick Foles is now under center as the starting quarterback for the Bears. No Mitch Trubisky. And this offense has had spurts. They've had moments to get the job done. You've been seeing a lot more David Montgomery, a lot more of his involvement in the run game. Um, but all in all... They're just not there yet offensively. Allen Robinson, Jimmy Graham, like they're there. Uh, but 
I think the quarterback play altogether. Like I don't know what the deal is, uh, but they're they they haven't clicked yet. They haven't clicked yet. Whether it's been Foles or Trubisky, they haven't clicked. But you know, wins a win. You are what your record indicates, and five and one is pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking good through six weeks. And so, you know, you have the Rams favored by six, but I'm very curious to see how this offense, um, you know, despite their shortcomings against the Niners, how they're going to respond at home on Monday Night Football. Jared Goff last week missed on several throws. Um, His receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, missed on several catches, actually. Uh, One being Cooper Cup in in the end zone. Another being by Robert Woods for a lot of big plays to move the chains. Don't know what the fuck happened against the Niners, but you would assume that they they get their shit right this game. Um, but then I'm curious too. I mean, when the Rams have the football, uh, you would expect this offense to be about the same. I don't think they're going to change too much uh, week in, week out. I mean, this McVay offense does well. They do um, they do play really good complimentary football with the run game. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, Daryl Henderson, he's been averaging what? He averaged like six yards per carry last week against the Niners, but uh, have him fresh. Uh, I'd like to see some more Cam Akers, uh, Malcolm Brown, uh, just bringing back a strong run game against this Chicago Bears defense that is very opportunistic because, you know, Jared Goff, every time he plays against the Bears, I don't know, they seem to have his number. And just just imagine like a couple years ago, um, when the Rams were the year when the Rams were in the Super Bowl, like the second half of the season, they pl- they played the Bears. But this was a season in which the Rams were killing everyone with their offense. But the Bears found some sort of caveat that worked for them. They beat the Rams. Uh, they did like what a five one six one sort of defensive scheme, putting a whole bunch of um, uh, of their defenders pretty close to the line of scrimmage to. Uh, pretty much counter what the Rams do with their jet sweep and all these, you know, all these other lateral things that they do on their offense. And so that kind of set the tone for what a lot of other defenses thereafter did to defend the McVay offense. So the Bears have done obviously very well against the Rams. And will you see that continue? Uh, the, the Spears defense, do they continue to give Jerry Goff trouble? Honestly, I'm not too worried about this Rams offense i think they just need to stay the course i think that their receivers cooper cup more importantly for you rebounds and gets his shit together but as long as the rams are able to play complimentary football run the ball well set up for play action move the chains with their receivers i think they should be okay um i think that they'll get in a lot of trouble if they can't run the football which is certainly possible putting jerry goff in some uh, situations against khalil mack But let's talk about when the Rams are on defense and the Bears are under center. So Nick Foles in this offense mentioned it before. They haven't been, they've been okay. They've been okay, but they could certainly improve on what they do. Uh, I think that this is going to be a game where, I won't say, well, maybe this is the Aaron Donald game because he was pretty non-existent against the Niners. He had like, what, two pressures? Um... It was a very interesting game in which, that for the first time all season, he was pretty much a non-factor for a football game. Like, wow. So having said that, I'm sure Aaron Donald has been hearing some of the chatter. He's pretty pissed off. 
Nick Foles is no world beater. He's no Kyler Murray. Uh, what is what is in store for Aaron Donald? What is in store for this pass rush? When I look at this Bears offensive line, it's okay. Uh, Alex Barr's guard, Cody Whitehair center, Jermaine Effetti, former NFC West Seahawk, uh, at the right guard spot. I think this could be really opportunistic for Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, the interior pass rush, to really make something. Um, I got to double check on this, but I know Ashawn Robinson was practicing earlier this week. He, he was on. Um, he was on the non-active list to begin the season. He had, uh, I think, a heart ailment or something along those lines for health. And so he was a big free agent signing for them during the off season. A big run stuffer, uh, a two gap sort of guy. He's got he's got some versatility for other spots around the defensive line. But if he plays, will that open it up for Aaron Donald? Uh, that that's kind of like the mindset for me right now. Uh, what will Aaron Donald do to rebound against um, against a pretty non factor sort of game against the Niners? Other side too. Didn't forget about Jalen Ramsey. He was kind of quiet against the Niners, but what's he going to do to remind people that he is arguably the top man corner in the NFL? He plays the star position in Brandon Staley's defensive scheme. Uh, essentially, what the hell is the star position? Yeah, I know, but uh, pretty much he's free to roam around the field, kind of like a safety, actually. Well, he does a little bit of everything, but he's pretty much free to do whatever the fuck he wants. Will he make a play against the Bears? Will he make a play against Nick Foles? Uh, that would be, I'm just, gut check. If you were to get a pick six or something along those lines, I could see it happening. I could see it happening. All in all, like, I feel that it's going to be a closer game than the six points. Um, you know, I think the public just hates the Bears, I guess. You know, they're non-believers in their 5-1 and record. But at the same time, too, I think we're going to be, I'm kind of like in the midpoint of it all. Sure, the Rams are 4-2, and two, but they've also played some pretty weak teams to start the season. What weak teams are you talking about? Well, they played all of the NFC East, and they beat them. That's why they went to 4-0, and and then now they lost to the Niners. So are they as good as their 4-0 record, or is there something to it from what you saw against the Niners game? I think they do come up top, uh, but I don't think they cover the spread. I think that the over-under is at 45, pretty close to it. I'm going to go ahead and give the Rams 27-23, to 23, a more of a defensive game. I'm kind of leading to Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, um, controlling the ball, a strong run game, getting Jared Goff settled in, getting his receivers to calm down, make the plays, make the catches, and move the chains. So... Complimentary football is what I'm alluding to. So 26-20 in which, you know, the, the score makes it pretty close, but I think that they'll they'll get it done. I just, call, call me biased, but I'm not all there when it comes to the Bears offense. I think that this Rams defense is going to rebound. That's, that's kind of where I'm getting at. So 26-20 Rams book it. All right, so let's just recap my predictions for the NFC West. Niners at New England, give me the Niners 27-23. Sunday Night Football, Seahawks, Cardinals, 
Seahawks to come up top 35 to 31. Last but not least, Monday Night Football, Rams 27 to 23 over the Bears. Once again, thank you so much for checking out the pod, whether you do that on Spotify or iTunes. Continue to check me out. Thank you. Also, Twitter, at Just the West. Instagram, at Just the West. And, of course, the blog, which I haven't been doing as much lately, but it's still there. www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.